Um, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. Let's pray for Ian as he comes to speak to us. Lord, we pray for Ian now as he comes to share your word with us. Please inspire him and us so that the words he speaks are those you want spoken and the words we hear are those you want heard. Amen. turn to the person next to you and could you just uh, explain to them that the point of the message is today is one plus one Am I on now? Yeah. I've learnt from the master. There you go, I've learnt something. Well done, thank you. There you go. Do as you told him. Okay, let us pray. Break now, dear Lord, the bread. Sorry, start again. Break 
thou the bread of life, dear Lord, to me, as thou didst break the loaves beside the sea. Beyond the sacred page I seek thee, Lord. My spirit pants, O living word. Amen. Amen. So, are we ready to go then, David? So I'm going to nod. Oh, was there a PowerPoint I gave to you in the week? Right, okay. Okay, uh, teachers should never do this, but I will do this on this one occasion. I came prepared. Okay, so. Okay. Just give up some of those. I've got it on a USB here. Will that work? Or not, do you think? Right. Or is that too much? Uh, I, I don't know. Okay, no, just, no, just leave it. Just leave it. Okay, so uh, the theme this uh, week is discipleship. Um, so some of you may actually have the sheet, in pa- uh, front of, uh, sheet of paper in front of you. If you have, um, I just want you to look at the, the things that are in the middle, where it says discipleship, followers of Christ, and one plus one. But I'm not going to be explaining to you the one plus one until right at the very end. But we started off last week uh, by sort of looking at the five purposes of the church. And the first thing we looked at was actually fellowship. And it's no surprise, I don't think, to anyone here that I'm passionate about all five purposes of the church. Whether it's fellowship, discipleship, worship, evangelism or ministry, they're all beautiful jewels that actually make up the church. And I can remember uh, there being a GCSE RE question a few years ago, and it was, explain the purpose of marriage. Now, it wasn't a trick question, but there are many purposes uh, for marriage. And so it is with the church, there are many purposes to do with the church. And I don't know about you, when I say the word discipleship, what sort of thing comes into your mind at all? But I want you to just think for a moment about discipleship. I've got many Christian heroes, and one of them has been a gentleman by the name of... uh, Francis Schaeffer. Oh, super. All right, so all of you have got a little sheet. Could you actually now fold it up and put it somewhere safe and not look at it during the, during the sermon? <laughs> oh, Ian, you're such a teacher. What are you like? Oh, did no one give you one, Dave? Oh, never mind. All right, so discipleship, um, the followers of Christ, one plus one equals two. Now, Francis Schaeffer says of dis, uh, discipleship, he says... The moment that we accepted Jesus Christ as our saviour, we were justified and our guilt was gone once and for all. And in the words of Francis Schaeffer, he says, that is absolute. But if we want to know anything of true spirituality, we must take up our cross daily. And I think there's a question that I want to ask yourself and me. How am I growing up in Christ? If I were to ask you to sort of judge yourself about your spiritual walk and how close you are with God this morning, 
if there was a chart that you could fill in about your, spirit, your spiritual growth from becoming a Christian until today, how would you score? Now, you must be all very thankful because I do not have a chart for you to fill in, all right? However, I think Francis Schaeffer is actually posing an interesting question and thought, and that is, with discipleship, how do we grow? How do we grow more like Christ? Now, I don't know about you, but I just like to sort of find about a definition. So here's a definition of what a disciple is. It is someone who adheres to the teachings of another. It is a follower or a learner, and it is a, he refers to someone who takes up authority and the ways of someone else. But what is a Christian disciple? Well, a Christian disciple is a worshipper, a servant, and a witness. Now, a few weeks ago, um, I had my granddaughter, Olivia, come and actually spend a few days with us. Now, she's coming back to see us on Tuesday uh, with her sister and her father. Now, one of the things that I have taught okay, Olivia, who is aged four, and if you see her, she'd always say four, I've actually given her some instruction and that is to cup your hands with the seeds, place them into your palm of your hand and place them into the ground. And it's brilliant fun because in actual fact as I cut my hand and I said do that, she did exactly what I asked her to do and I thought that was brilliant. However, I'm also going to ask her in a few days time whether she'd like to plant some broad beans. Now whether it will quite work the same way or not, I don't know, but I'm going to give it a go. However, these seeds, when they fall into the ground, and she's seen some WhatsApp pictures of them, and uh, she's been really surprised at their growth over these last few days, even though she hasn't been watering them. Okay? But this is a thought for us. How are we growing more like Christ? It's a question I've been asking myself this week. And just on Monday, I was at Chandler School, and uh, uh, the title given to me was Empathy. And uh, one of the things I try to explain to the children is a, is a Christian thought, and that is that Jesus was fully human, and yet he was fully God. And all the students looked at me a very puzzled way, as they do. But I said, that's a faith statement. I said, that's what I believe. He was fully human. He actually was with his disciples. He actually probably put them in uh, quite a sort of vulnerable situation from time to time. But he always spoke to them on an individual basis. But there was no template, and this is a joke by the way, Jesus didn't have a PowerPoint, okay, and he didn't actually have a whiteboard. However, what he did have was his life. And he spent his life, okay, three years with his disciples, seven days, 365 days of the year. So, what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who worships, serves and witnesses. So what I've done this morning is I've given to uh, you on your sheet, which you'll see later, because those of you who are being very, very good are not going to look at them. Okay, I'm going to look at some very, very familiar verses. And I get very excited when I read in Acts chapter 2 that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now this was not them saying, well, I think this about the scripture, possibly, and I think this. 
But in those days, they didn't have a Bible, right? They had papyrus. And what they had was the apostles' teachings. And it's very important to read again. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. So they placed, I believe, the word of God in a very significant place. And the context of this uh, reading from Acts chapter 2 is this, that the spirit fell and then people became believers in God and in Christ. And John Stott comments on Acts chapter 2 and he says, the Holy Spirit opened a new school in Jerusalem that day. And I like that idea of devotion. I like that idea of diligence. I also like that idea of consistency, sharing words together. There's nothing like being in a room with someone else and asking them, what have you learned this week about the Bible? Could you please just share something with me? And it's really interesting to hear people's responses. But those early disciples devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We also look at Matthew's Gospel. So I'm coming out of Acts... And I'm actually coming, coming into Matthew's Gospel. Now, he was a tax collector. There are all sorts of uh, people who were called uh, to be disciples in those early days with Jesus. But he invited Jesus into his home, and he decided to follow Jesus. And actually, it records, therefore, go and make disciples. This is the words of Matthew right at the end of his Gospel. Of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now, I like Matthew, and I also like Jesus, because Jesus is a finisher-completer. And then Matthew says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So we need to look at the commands that Jesus gives us. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. And Jesus closes that loop on the learning Now, Alan Hirsch is someone who I'm very interested in. He has said of the word go and make disciples, he says every Christian is a sent one. There is no such thing as an unsent Christian. So we are all of us travelling along the way, those of us who believe in God and in Jesus Christ. And in The text, when when Matthew writes, there's a gentleman by the name of Mounts, M-O-U-N-C-E. It is not a spelling test. I'm not expecting you to remember that. But he talks about a disciple that Matthew actually is referring to. And he says of this one verse in Matthew that this disciple is just not one who is taught, but is one who continues to learn and who passes on the baton. Then we look at Matthew chapter 22 and verses 37 to 39. And some of you who will know your uh, Jewish roots, as it were, regarding Judaism, will know that this is a very famous Jewish saying um, from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. It's interesting that Jesus was asked one question, and then he actually gave two answers. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then love your neighbour as yourself. But you say, Ian, these are very familiar verses. I've heard them all before. But I want you to just have a look at this final one. And it's this one here. It's about Jesus actually saying, if any of you wants to be my follower... You must give up your own way, 
take up your cross and follow me. And that's following Jesus. That's not following one another, that's following Jesus. But just before this, Jesus actually rebukes very sternly Peter and he calls him a stumbling block. But, as tradition goes, that he then actually later on became one of the first popes. The New English Bible talks about this verse and it says, a commentator says, that it's about leaving the self behind. Luke is a writer who slightly changes the same verse. He says at the end, but you must also take up your cross daily. But Ian, I can hear you, some of you saying, but Ian, I've heard all these verses before. They are the great community. They are the great commission, the great command. And then I've put on there the great commitment. But as I was praying and just asking the Lord, how should I share this this morning with you? An answer came back, and it was this. The great community the great commission, the great command, and the great commitment. I want to introduce you to this idea this morning at NBC and also apply it to myself and give you this thought. Is there something like a great cycle for us as a church? How can we embed and encourage and develop and grow more in Christ? And it came to me that there is possibly a cycle And the question is, where am I on this cycle? How am I growing up as a Christian? How am I developing and growing more like Christ? And you could say, well, I'm not someone who believes in Christ. I'm not a Christ follower. So here for all of us today, there is a moment where we think, is Jesus Christ my Lord? Am I a part of a fellowship? Maybe you haven't thought about membership here at Milford Baptist Church. Have you ever thought about being a part of a greater community? Yes, be a part of the work that God is doing here at Milford Baptist Church, but be a part of the global Christian community. And then there's a question for you and I. Am I going out and making disciples of all nations? Do I have to go over to another country? The answer to that question, I think, is sometimes not always. We can do it here in our home, with our friends, with our family, and those that we get to know at work. But I like the um, New New Living Translation version. It says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. These new disciples. Here's a question for you. And I said to the Lord this week, Have I got to deliver this sermon this morning? And the word came back, yes. And I said to the Lord, you want me to deliver this sermon this morning? And the word was yes. Do it. And I want to just share with you this idea of one plus one. Do we need to have a programme of discipleship in NBC? I'm just asking that question. Many, many years ago, there was a man by the name of John Wesley who said, the church changes the world. Sorry, the church changes the world, not by making converts, but by making disciples. 
And then I was listening to a gentleman, some of you may have heard of him, he's called Tico Rice. And he was talking about this idea, this very question that I was trying to pose and think about. If Francis Schaeffer was here, when we become a Christian, that is fantastic. But what is, what is it that we do after becoming a Christian? How do we walk with God? What is it that we should do? And Tico Rice said this. He said, shepherds do not produce sheep. Sheep produce sheep. I'll say it again. Because I had to, on the YouTube clip that I had, I had to zip it back again. I said, did you really say that? Having actually, Ian, just spent a lot of time looking at Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. But it was, he was referring to discipleship. And he was saying, I'll say it again, shepherds do not produce sheep, but sheep produce sheep. One plus one. I've got a question for you. As I ask you this question, I'm asking myself the same question. Who am I discipling? Who am I walking with? Who am I sharing Christ with? And I want to encourage you this morning to think about where am I growing up in Christ in NBC? Discipleship is very, very important. Jesus commands us to love one another, to actually love one another. I've had some people say to me in other churches, well, in actual fact, I don't like that person in the church. And I said, well, Christ has asked us to love one another, even if we don't agree with them, to love one another. That doesn't mean you have to come up to them and give them a big hug and say, I love you, even though I don't like you. All right? I'm saying that it, with Christ's love, we can love one another. We can also be devoted to the gospel and to his teaching. But if any one of you wants to follow me, we have to take up his cross, each of us. And this is why I think it's so powerful this morning that we can be thinking of... I'm probably going to now... Have I stilled it now? Okay, you can all get your sheets out now. Ah, it's on. Brilliant, thank you. So, in conclusion this morning, we are all in Christ. And that's fantastic. If we belong to Jesus Christ, the next question is, one plus one. Where am I on the Great Commission? Where am I on that Great Command? And where am I in that great commitment? And where am I in that great community? Am I a member of a small group? Have I thought about being baptised? How am I reading my Bible this week? What are my prayer times like? And just a simple question is, am I in Christ? Do I know something of what it is to follow Christ today? In a few months' time, um, I'm going to be getting a team together to put uh, an alpha course on, on January the 10th, and it'll be nice for some of you to be involved. And I'll be giving an open invitation. I would love everybody to be involved in the, in the first alpha, starting on the 10th of January. But Ian, what's going to happen after we do an alpha? One plus one. One plus one. One year from now, how much will I have grown up in Christ? In one month, for, or sorry, one, one year from now, how much will I have grown up 
in Christ. I find myself this a very challenging sermon to share with you all this morning because it affects me. I have to hear the word that I'm delivering to you and I'm inviting you to come with me on the journey to make a decision to be a disciple, to be a follower of Christ, to be a part of something that is bigger than just me and you. Do you want to join us? That's an open invitation to all of us to understand this morning that we are individually one plus one. Some of you might be saying, but Ian, I can't do it. I can't evangelise. I can't do this. I can't do that. But the Lord has asked us, each and every one of us, to follow Christ individually. And if you do that faithfully, lovingly, as we were thinking about Ken, and as I said to you earlier on, a disciple of Christ has those three main characteristics. We are a worshipper. We come here to worship God. We serve the living Lord Jesus Christ, and we serve one another. And we are thinking about that last week. What we are also a witness And I find that wonderful to think that we can be a part of the one plus one movement here at NBC. Let us pray. Dear loving God, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, give us courage. Give us wisdom. Give us joy in the journey. Lord, many of us struggle with our walk with you. Lord, we thank you for your promise that you will be with us until the end of the age. And that means, Lord, beyond the point when we die. That means for eternity. That, Lord, we are a part of something here which is beautiful and wonderful that you are bringing about through the power of your Holy Spirit and through your word. Lord, we're a real motley crew this morning. We come from all sorts of different backgrounds. We've got all sorts of different ideas. But Lord, my prayer is, that as I said last week, that we would be in Christ, in the fellowship, and that we would share one with another where, where we found the food, like a beggar. We're just saying to another beggar where we found the food. Lord, we give you all the glory and the honour. Lord, help us to just think in you about being a disciple, about being a follower of Christ, and what it means to work out one plus one. Amen. Amen.